Jalen, and we are back with me. Same story, same Bible stories. I have Miss Glenda. Want to introduce yourself? I'm Glenda Porter. I'm the sister to 11 brothers and sisters. Some have passed away. I'm the mother of two and the grandmother of five and the great-grandmother of two um, small girls. That's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing because I had a co-host who would not share. Very beautiful. So let's get started. We're going to look at the Bible story of Elijah. And we're going to break it apart, discuss it, and go from there. The Bible story of Elijah is found in the Old Testament in the first book of Kings, chapter 17 and 18. Elijah's story begins by introducing the situation for the people of Israel. They had been governed by kings from numerous years, and several of these kings had been evil. God was troubled with what the people were experiencing, and he delivered his prophet Elijah to guide them out of corruption and suffering. So, what is your take on the first half of the story? Um, It's just what it says. God let them out, um, out of the problems that they were going through. Have you ever had a time in your life where God brought you out of pain and suffering, corruption, all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. God has been good. Um, There's a lot of times that he's brought me out of different situations and been with me, um, healed me. um, And so he's always been with me. I was raised in church, but um, got away from it when... I was a teenager. Um, I wasn't quite the teenager that my mom and dad thought they were raising. And so he brought me through and let me live my life, even though um, I'd done some things that could have very well took my life. That's a really good story. Definitely see the heartache and pain there. But let's continue and see what how God helped Elijah. Before Elijah's arrival in Israel, God sends a drought as he is so displeased with the people. Elijah had been residing out in the desert where there was a river with drinking water and God had sent ravens to bring him food. Eventually, the river also dries up and God instructs Elijah to go to the home of a widow who will provide him with food. When Elijah comes to the town of Zaphrath, he sees the widow and asks her to get him some water and bread. She replies that she only has a small amount of flour and oil and is collecting sticks so she can cook this last portion of bread as the last meal for her son and herself. Elijah assures her that God will not allow their food to diminish until the rain returns. The widow trusted Elijah and their food lasted until it rained again. Sometime later, the widow's son becomes ill and passed away. The widow was very troubled, believing that Elijah was the reason for this tragedy. Though, and I'll let my cameraman do that, Elijah was blamed by the widow. He attempted to bring the boy back to life by praying to God in a miraculous event. God heard Elijah and answered his prayers and brought the boy back to life. When Elijah returned the boy to his mother, the woman could recognize that Elijah was a man of God and was amazed. So, talk about a time in your life where God had saved you. Um, one was when I had Amanda, my daughter. Um, I ruptured when she was born. Um, I was in the hospital, and the ho- the doctor told me that 
I, um, the doctor told me, told me that I could come into the hospital on a Monday or Tuesday, and my mom had fixed me dinner that Sunday because I was going to go in the hospital and I couldn't eat because I was going to have a cesarean. So you had to go, back then, you had to go um, with liquid foods for days after wow. you had surgery. So she fixed me ribs, barbecued ribs, and um, my brother was there, and he handed me, this is where God came into play, um, he handed me a card where he was in the service and where he donated blood. And I told him, I said, I don't need that card. And he's like, just take it. He's like, I would feel better if you would take this card. Uh, you can get the blood for free. And I was like, Kenny, I don't. It was my brother, Kenny. And I said, I don't need this card, Kenny. And he said, just make me feel better. He said, just take this card. Well, I was in the hospital, and I got up at 1 o'clock in the morning to go to the bathroom. And when I went to the bathroom, I got halfway back to my bed, and I just, I ruptured, so blood just poured everywhere. Um, I passed out, fainted, and I come to enough to pull myself, drag myself back to the bed. Um, I pressed, I got a hold, I got a hold of the button, I pushed the button, and um, I got myself back up and into the bed, and it was a little bit before the nurses came. And when they came, there was just, just a pile of blood to my bed. My bed, they pulled back the sheets, and blood was just everywhere. And at that time, I was in a coma. I was out. I could hear, but I couldn't speak. Um, I'd lost so much blood already. And they're like, oh, my gosh, call the, um, get a surgeon in here. We've got to get her to surgery. Um, she was drowning in my blood. Um, so they... Um, they took me to surgery, um, was prepping me, and he already started, like, he had the knife and getting ready to to do surgery, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to feel this. He's going to cut me open before I out. Well, no, because I went out just like that. But um, in the meantime, before that, um, they told me that she had passed away. They didn't have a heartbeat on her. So um, with that being said, they put me on my side to drain the blood down, hoping that they could, you know, get the blood away from her, uh, that she wouldn't drown in my blood. And when I had her, they brought her back. Um, she, um, they had to bring her back. Um, and so um, they brought her back. And then when I came to, um, I thought she had passed because that's what I heard when I was out of it and couldn't talk. So I thought she had passed away. They did bring her back. Um, she had she had been without um, oxygen, so they didn't know if she was going to make it or not. Um, she made it just fine. I made it. They thought, they told my mom and dad that they didn't, and my husband did us, that they didn't know if I would make it or not. Um, they didn't know if I'd pull through because I had lost so much blood. Well, Kenny had gave me my card, the card, his card to get blood. So I got the blood free. And with that knowing, that could have only been God that told him that I would need that card. That could have only been God that gave him that card. He, you know, he could have listened. He, he had to listen to God um, because I did need five pints of blood after um, after that, you know, with all that happened and I did need his blood. Oh my gosh. That is, that's a story. That's wow. 
So I knew God was in the middle of it. And, you know, God saved both of our lives. We're here today. That is a true story of how God works miracles. And some people think, oh, he doesn't work miracles today. But that is beyond a miracle. You know, that's only by his grace that you both made it. And that, everyone, is my grandmother, Glenda. And the one she's talking about is my mother, Amanda, who you just heard not very long ago. So it's amazing to see how God works in our lives and how you overcame that. So to continue, we're going to talk about how Jesus calms a storm, which by the sounds of it, he definitely helped you through that and calmed that storm for you. Yeah. So that story is the symbol behind the story of Jesus calming the storm should bring great encouragement and hope for anyone facing a storm in life. After preaching to large crowds near the Sea of Galilee, Jesus and his apostles took a boat to the opposite shore to find some time and solitude to rest. As they crossed the sea, a storm with wind so great that the apostles thought they would die. Jesus was below deck sleeping through the storm, and the apostles rushed to wake him and asked why he didn't care. Jesus woke and told the storm to be still, and the wind stopped immediately. The apostles were shocked and still lacked faith that Jesus was the Son of God who even the winds and waters obey. So, after everything that had happened... After Papal found out that you were alive, what happened? Um, I was in the hospital for seven days. Um, we brought her home. Uh, we had another son. Um, we had a son, um, Dennis, and he didn't like her very much. <laughs> he told me to get rid of her. Because <laughs> he, he didn't want a baby. <laughs> so he told me to get rid of her. Um, we didn't get rid of her, and they grew up together um, with pretty much the same friends go through school, through high school, and growing up. And um, so they grew up close. Um, they were pretty close growing up. The whole, you know, they had the same friends a lot of the times and um, hung around together with the same friends and stuff. And yeah. So. Spill the tea. How was she as a teenager? Um, pretty wild, pretty wild. I have to say that her and my son both were, um, they had a lot of friends. As a matter of fact, our house was seemed to be the meeting place. Um, like my son, it wasn't nothing for him to have three and four. As a matter of fact, um, when we moved to Bedford from Lagodi, Indiana, there was three boys that lived with us, guys that lived with us that were Denny's, be, or yeah, that were Denny's best friends that moved in with us. Um, and um, they like hung out at the house and stuff. And then um, they had two, uh, we had two of Amanda's friends um, that lived there on and off. Um, so we always had a house full of teenagers. And plus, we, um, when we were in Lagodi, we, did um take care of foster kids that's amazing so we had extra um kids in our house at all times so how yeah. did jesus calm that storm which one the foster kids like the having a bunch of children at your house uh my mom's wild teenager days um i we bumped heads sometimes um a lot of times we bumped heads with both of them, uh, especially with their dad. Their dad expected a lot out of them. Um, 
and he was like um he had some issues <laughs> when they you know when they got older he had some issues but they were always we were always a pretty close knit family all of us were um even their cousins and um we had them at the house you know my sister's kids my brother's kids we it was all we grew up really close so we was a real close family are you still very close today yes I can attest to that one very, very close. <laughs> so with Jesus calming the storm, with him, with what he did, you know, for your life, for bringing you out of that rough situation, how has that made your relationship closer with him or did it? It did. Um, for a while, I we got away from, I was raised in church. Um, my mom and dad were really good Christians growing up. Um, and then I kind of, I stayed a Christian well, not stayed a Christian, but I knew God was always there when I was a teenager and went through my rebellious stage. Um, I knew that God was there. And when me and Dennis got together, he had never been raised in church. He had never went to church. Um, I don't know if he even stepped foot in a church. So he didn't have that background. And I did. And I kind of even though we would drink a lot and party and and do stuff we wasn't supposed to do in my the back of my in the back of my mind I always relied on Jesus even though um I knew Jesus was there and but I didn't call upon him like I should um until like we started going to church again and stuff and then um he calmed those stores those storms of our mar- yeah, we we too had a lot of problems um, in our marriage. He, um, Dennis, you know, him not ever going to church and stuff. He um, he had, you know, he he didn't know how to give everything to God, and so at first he, you know, he knew about God and he was learning about God and stuff, but um, he didn't know how to sell out to God. Mm-hmm. He had head Jesus, but he didn't have heart Jesus. If that makes sense, it does. So then, you know, when we both, we both turned back to God and we both got heart Jesus and not just head Jesus, then everything changed. My marriage, our marriage was real good. And by the way, we'll be married, um, 45 years this December. So we've been together ever since I was 16 years old. We got married when I was 16. So, um, yeah, we've had a lot of you know, experience being married. He raised me. I mean, I mean, that's, that's pretty much true from 16 years old, you know, uh, he pretty much raised me through my adult years. So yeah. So we'll be married 45 years. That's a beautiful story. And thank you for coming to share it with us. Teach us a lot about marriage, about relationships and how to be close with God and how he calms the storm. So we're going to talk about the meaning of Jesus calming the storm. The Lord's mastery over creation is another sign that he is the Messiah and is divine. Commands to sea and waves can only be issued by God. Job 38, 8 through 11 and Psalm 5 or 65, 5 through 6. Jesus was asleep because as man, he needed rest. In his incarnation, he assumed all the natural actions of flesh, of which sleep is one. The image of Christ and his disciples in a boat is traditionally used to illustrate the church. 
God both permits storm and delivers us through them so that we can see his protection more clearly. Christ's rebuke of the storm is also an illustration of his calming that tempts us in the human soul, which she does. And as you see today with Miss Gluna's story over here, my awesome grandmother, you've seen just how he calmed her storm, just what he brought her through. You've seen my story in the earlier episode with my mom. So our story is a testimony to how great our God is and how we can overcome so much with him. And this this is one of my favorite stories because if you just step outside the boat, trust him and step outside of the boat. Don't stay in the, bo- the boat. And this is a lot of times when the storms hit, even like storms, I'm talking about real storms, you know, outside the tornadoes and stuff that were just um, happened that a lot of towns and stuff, Sullivan in Indiana was just wiped out, you know, and we have to trust him through those storms. We have to, you know, I know you have to take cover and listen, listen to the warnings and stuff and take cover when those storms happen, but also just trust God to, to give you that um, inside warning and, and he will, he'll, you know, he, he will give you those warnings. Just listen to him. And when he tells you to step outside the boat, step outside the boat. Um, you know, he's got a lot to offer and a lot to uh, do in your lives, a lot of work for you to do. So, but you have to step outside the boat and do that work when he tells you to. Absolutely. That's beyond true because that's trust. That's trusting him and what he can do in our lives. And today you trusted him. You took the card and you're still alive because of him. That's amazing. So thank you guys so much for listening and watching us. We hope you guys enjoy this and take from it, learn from it and grow from it. Because as you can see with our story, God will use you too. He will get you through your storm. So thank you for watching and have a great day.